We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. but it's good. I like it. It's good stuff. I use it more than anything else now, actually. Um, <clears throat> y'all ready? Shout out, I got it. Oh, y'all ready? Okay, let's go. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Now, listen to me, y'all. When I read that, God was being messy. I just want to be clear in this moment. You broke them. Shout out, you broke them. Verse 2, so be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. And no man shall come with you, up with you, and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before the mountain. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and, and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity upon the fathers, the father children, and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. What's funny to me is that I grew up in church, and that is the only part of that scripture I ever heard. He visits the iniquity of the third and fourth generations. But everything that he said before that, we tend to forget. Verse 8. So Moses made haste. Listen to this, y'all. Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Then he said, if I, if I, if I now have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. Let me shout amen. My topic for discussion today um, comes from verse 1. And it says that the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Our topic for discussion today is the phrase, bring me something to write on. Bring me something to write on. Say that with me. Bring me something to write on. Um, quick question. And, uh, I already have some thoughts about this, but quick question. Um, has anyone ever been to the Daytona 500? <coughs> yeah, I know it'd be crickets. I got one. Oh, you lived in Daytona. That's why you went to Daytona. <laughs> no. You been? Awesome. We have two people out of the crowd of folks that's been to the Daytona 500. Um, I'm not a fan at at all, Um, but I've actually been to two races. I have not a fan, um, but I've been to to two races several years ago. uh, My very first job out of high school, I was a territory sales manager for Pepsi, or PBG, Pepsi Bottling Group, and they would always give us tickets 
to these different events. And that was one of the events that we got free tickets to go to. So me and my family, we decided that we would go to the Daytona 500. Um, and I got a picture of it, like when we went. Check it out. <clears throat> so I, I just have to say this. Do you see the boy has a Pepsi in his hand? The thing about Jordan when he was little, he doesn't say much now, but when he was little, he'd get sugar in him. He would just start running and moving all over the place. It was like everything we had to keep that boy controlled at this thing because he was drinking all that Pepsi and Mountain Dew. Um, and this, this was the, the first time that we had gone to um, the Daytona 500. And because I was a part of the Pepsi um, working crew or whatever you would like to call it, um, we were able to go to the pre-engagements there. Um, and this was at the pre-engagement. So we got there like 9 o'clock in the morning. The race wasn't due. It started like 2. And we were just taken into festivities. And, you know, Overrider, they, they had a big booth. It was, you know, all this good stuff. And the issue became <clears throat> at about 1 and 32 o'clock, it started to downpour, like rain, like crazy. Um, and it just rained off and on. And the race kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And up until 9 o'clock at night, um, we determined we're not staying for this. Enough is enough. We're not hardcore fans. Um, we are going home. <coughs> we walk out. Our car was probably about a half mile away. We get to our car, and in the distance, we can hear all the cars revving up to get ready to race. We stayed there all day and missed the race. So we said to ourselves, next year we're going to go, but we're not going in the morning. We're going to waste our time. We'll get there a half hour before the race starts. We'll walk in, get into the race, and, you know, get it off our bucket list kind of thing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> our plan worked to perfection. We get there. We walk up to the gate. Um, and one thing that we didn't take into account for is that this year, because we came so late, there wasn't a place to park. So we ended up having a place like, parked like two miles away. So it took us about a half hour <laughs> to get to the gate. So we finally get up to the gate, and I'm sweating, Tina's sweating, um, and I'm already perturbed because me and the son just don't get along like that. And, and I, I get to the front of the gate, and, and, and the lady says, all right, guys, come on in. And, 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 and I reach in my pocket. I, I don't have the tickets. Babe, do you have the tickets? I don't have the tickets. <clears throat> and we walk away. We were determined that we're not about to walk two more miles <laughs> to go see some race that I really don't care to see. I'm just doing it because I got free tickets. And although <clears throat> we have a picture to prove that we have gone to a race, the truth of the matter is we never experienced a race. We've been there two times already, and, we, and, and it's not because we didn't have the want to. But the, the, the last time that we went, we, we, we showed up without the necessary passes to get us in. So you said, we know we'll, we'll hit it next time. We won't even worry about it. And, and what was so difficult about it is that at the time we got there, we timed it just right. Because I could hear the cars revving up and the crowd was getting wild. And there were people in there experiencing the thing that I came to see. But because I forgot what I was supposed to bring to the party, I, I turned around and all I could hear was what's happening on the inside of the arena. And I believe that every Sunday there are people who show up here who stand at the doorsteps of God's presence and never get in it. Oh, you show up with the right intention, and I want to know you, Lord, and I want to get closer to you, God. But you show up every Sunday, and you just live vicariously through the people who know him and can get into his presence. 
I believe that there has <clears throat> been a culture developed in church that makes us okay with not experiencing the presence of God. Because if I just come to church and I do my duty, and, and, and I get an overflow from what somebody else is dealing with, you see, it is, it is easy to feel a chill and not to feel his presence. You see, it's, it's easy for someone to start speaking in tongues and feel as if that is me who was going forth and, and, and speaking to God on my behalf. No, ma'am, it's not that. You have to go for God yourself. I've got to get into his presence by myself. I've got to get there. I have to go there. But 52 Sundays in a year, there are people in this building that stand at the doorstep to the stadium of God's presence. And not to get in it. I, I want more. I've told y'all this story a billion times. I, it changed my life. I had this experience of God and I said to myself, I'm never going to miss that again. I can't miss it again. So listen to me. There is not a Sunday that I show up to this place not expecting for him to show up. But I've learned that there is something on my end that I have to do to position myself to be part of his presence. Okay, let's work. Y'all ready? Let's go back to verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So be ready in the morning, shall be ready, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. First point, write this down. Bring a suitable canvas. Say that with me. Bring a suitable canvas. The first instruction that God gives to Moses um, in his preparation to meet with him the following morning is to cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Um, God tells Moses that um, I'm going to grace you another opportunity to meet with me tomorrow morning. Um, but this time, the cutting of the stone is going to be on you. You see, this is, this is the second of two meetings between God and Moses. Um, the first meeting, Moses is in the presence of God, and this is where, y'all, this is, this is such a heavy text. This is, this is where this meeting is where the first five books of the Bible come from. He got, to, he got to see the backside of God in these meetings, and, and he got to see, and, and God reveals to Moses everything he had done up until that point. And that is when Moses sits down and starts to write all of this stuff. The Ten Commandments come out of these meetings, and all of the laws and regulations and all that stuff for, the, for, for God's people of Israel. This is where all this stuff comes from. But after Moses walks out of the meeting, um, the people of Israel have been left down at the bottom of a mountain, and, and Moses has been at the top of the mountain with God for 40 days, and he got the two tablets with the Ten Commandments on it, and he was supposed to bring them back down to the people. But as Moses is walking down to the, to the bottom of the, the, the mountain to meet with God's people, he can hear a party going on. And when he gets down there, the people of Israel are down there dancing naked in front of a golden calf. 
Moses takes the two tablets that God has given him and he breaks them in anger, which was symbolic of God's people breaking their holy covenant with God. So God says, listen, since y'all broke the first covenant, this time I'm going to grace you back into my, into my presence, but this time the cutting of the stone is going to be on you. I want you to bring me a suitable canvas for me to write on this time. You see, the first one's God's cut him by his own hand. He says, this time I'm going to allow you to back into my presence, and I'm going to give you a word that's going to change your life, but this time you've got to bring something to the party. What it cracks me up about God, though, he says that I don't just want you to bring me anything to write on. I don't want a composite notebook. God says, bring me a suitable canvas. In other words, he says, bring me some, some tablets like the first ones that you broke. And here's what God was saying. I need something big enough for me to write on because I'm going to tell you something that's going to change your life. So I need enough space for me to give you every word that I want to give you. Now, for Moses, it was a physical tablet. It was a, it was a physical canvas. But for us, it is a mental and a, and a heart canvas. When was the last time you showed up with enough space for God to write out what he wants to say to you on your heart? We tend to show up to church with every minute detail of our life and our minds, and God has no space to work because you didn't show up with enough space for him to say anything to you. The only thing you came here for was for you to tell him what was on your mind, and he can't get to you what's on his mind because you're so busy trying to get up to him what's on your mind. It made me think about my iPhone, and prayerfully you have an iPhone. We'll pray for you at the church if you got something other than that. But it made me think about my phone. Um, and it's funny how you know, <clears throat> my phone works. Is I can have enough space on my phone for me to take pictures. I can have enough space on my phone to video. I can have enough phone to space on my phone to play games. But when it comes time for the system to download to me, It'll tell me, Wanzel, you don't have enough space. And it causes me to have to delete things out of my cloud so that the download can happen and give my phone what it needs so it can stop glitching. You see, we show up with so much stuff on our minds and we show up so, with so much stuff on our hearts that God has no space to write out what he wants to say. And God says, listen to me, I need for you, when you come into my presence, the first thing I want you to do is bring me a suitable canvas because I've got things that's going to change your life. And once I give it to you and you take it to them, it'll change their life. You've got to have enough space for that. Tell your neighbor, I ain't got no space. God says, Moses, this time it's going to be on you. Yes, I'm going to allow you into my presence on a Sunday morning, but show up here with some space so I can give you what I got to give you. Okay, okay. Can I get some more? Okay. Let's get point number two. Go to verse two for point number two. So he says, be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. <clears throat> and no man shall come with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds 
feed before the mountain. Point number two is this, ascend upon the place. Say that with me, ascend upon the place. God says to Moses that not only are you responsible for bringing me a canvas, but you're also going to be responsible for your elevation. Somebody didn't catch that. Not only do I want you to show up here with enough space in your heart and in your mind, you are going to be responsible for your elevation. God says, get to the top of the mountain. Because that is where you're going to present yourself to me, and that is where I'm going to expose myself to you. So listen, Moses, don't present yourself halfway up the mountain because that's not where my presence is going to be. You have to get all the way to the apex of the mountain. You have to change your elevation in order for me to reveal myself to you in the way that I want to reveal myself to you. Don't just come to the mountain, Moses. Don't get halfway up the mountain, Moses. I want you to get to the top of the, I want you to climb all the way to the top because that is where I'm going to reveal myself to you. Now, for Moses, he had to climb a literal mountain. It was 7,500 feet that he had to climb up in order to get into the presence of God. But for us, God is just simply saying, climb out of your feelings. Climb out of those emotions. Climb out of what happened on Thursday. Climb out of what's going to happen on Monday and that deadline that's pressing you. I need some time with you. You have to get yourself away from all the minutia that you're dealing with and the things that you've got going on so I can clearly present myself to you. But so many of us get halfway up the mountain and we start our presentation before God. And we wonder why God isn't seeing us. And God is saying, I need you to come just a little bit further. I need you to put down those feelings that you have about that and come just a little bit further. Because I'm at the apex of the mountain. I need you to get on top of that thing. Tell your neighbor, go further. God says, listen, I don't just want you to give me some space. I need you to elevate your thinking. I want you to get out of that thing that's been driving you all week long. I want you to get out of that thing that's been pressing you all week long. I want you to know that you can leave these things at the, oh gosh, at the feet of the mountain because you're going to meet your father. Listen to what God says. Oh gosh, listen to what he says. He says, you can't bring anybody with you. Now I got that. Because we tend to bring other people to church that's not here. I could understand when, when God was saying that. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is between you and I, Moses, so nobody else needs to come. And the mo- a, a, a portion of us have, have a problem of bringing everybody else's issue to God and saying, God, I need you to work on that. But you're not letting God work on you. And God is saying, I don't want you to bring anybody on this mountain with you. Bring yourself. Present yourself to me. Here's what messed me up, though. He says, I don't even want a cattle to come on the mountain. You see, back in that day, cattle were resources. And he says, I don't want 
this issue of your resource on your mind either. Don't bring that with you. Come into my presence without nothing in your hand but those two tablets of stone that I made you carve out because I want to say something to you. So many of us have our finances on our mind, and we've got the business on our mind, and we've got the kids on our mind. We've got all these different resources on our mind where God is saying, listen, you've got to leave that stuff behind and get to the apex. Shout apex. Every of you, i got to get to the apex of the mountain. He confused me for a minute. I said, Lord, you don't even want the, you don't want the dog to come? You, you mean to tell me that? I can't, you don't even want that to come into your presence? Be, because listen to me, y'all. This is an intimate moment between me and you. And you got everybody else in the bed with us. And I'm, try, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take you to a place, but you keep bringing all this stuff with you. And I want you to leave it at the bottom of the mountain. Leave it down there. Leave it at the bottom of the mountain. There is so much God desires to do among his people. And with, listen to me, y'all. Listen, check this out. We're not wrong for bringing it to church. But we sing it in every song. Leave it at his feet. Y'all not getting that correlation. I'm at the top of the mountain, and obviously if I'm here, then my feet is down there. Leave it at my feet. Okay. Let's get another point. Let's go to verse 4. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. <clears throat> then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord command, had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Point number three is the phrase positioned for the descent. Say that with me, positioned. For the descent. <clears throat> Moses does exactly what God asked. He prepares um, the two stones that he needs at the proper specifications. And um, early the next morning, he gets up and he makes his ascent upon Mount Sinai. This is the place where God says that I want you to come alone. And I, I thought it interesting to me is that after Moses had done what God asked, God made his descent 
out of heaven. He says, listen to me, y'all. He says, Moses, if you are willing to ascend, I will be willing to descend. If you're willing to come up just a little bit, watch, oh. He says, I'm going to allow my spirit to fall. I'm going to let my presence to fall because of you. Now, I, I tell y'all that I'm, I grew up in a hip-hop culture. And all we did was watch MTV when I was a boy, young. And uh, y'all remember MTV Cribs? Y'all remember that? Who remembers MTV Cribs? Y'all too young to remember MTV Cribs. Anyway. But there was always a portion in, in, the, in MTV Cribs, and I don't know who started the phrase, but they show you the whole house, and they come to the bedroom, and they would say, this is where the magic happens. You remember that? Listen to me. If you're willing to ascend, God says, I'm willing to descend. And this is where heaven will touch earth. And that is where the magic happened. Listen to me. God doesn't disappoint. God comes down just as he says he would, and he starts to download into Moses. Watch this, y'all. He starts to download into Moses. He basically, this is what God does. He basically preaches a sermon on his name. And in him doing so, he gives Moses a new revelation. Moses saw God in a way he had never saw God before. Never saw God. And soon as he gets this revelation, Moses falls in worship. What he gets, this download he gets is so heavy that Moses says to myself, I got to fall and honor God. Listen to me, y'all, and I'm going to get to this in a second. Not because he blessed me so, but, but he told me something about himself that I didn't know. God wants to show you parts of himself that you've never seen before, but you've got to be willing to ascend so that he can descend so that magic can happen. Once Moses gets the download and God essentially overwhelms him with who he is, Moses says to me something so profound because he doesn't ask for God to bless him. He doesn't even go there. He basically says, since I know who you are now because you explained it to me by having this conversation with me, can I have your presence? And can I have your pardon? You see, Moses had gotten into the presence of God. And he said to himself, I never want to leave. He had gotten such an understanding of God. He says, God, listen to me. 
can you just stay with me everywhere that I go? Lord, if I could just keep you in my pocket, I would take you with me. I just want you with me all the time. And since I know that I'm not worthy of your presence, pardon my sins. Oh, gosh, y'all, I hope you're getting this. He says, I never want you to leave me, Lord. Now that I know who you are and you've revealed yourself to me in such, in such a fashion, I don't want you to ever leave. And because I know I'm messed up and I'm broken and I'm all jacked up on the inside, pardon my sins. He falls out and worship. Then he says, listen, I don't need you to bless me. You can keep that right now. Just promise me your presence. If we could ever, if we could ever understand the magnitude of God's presence, we wouldn't be so enamored by the promise. If we could ever understand the, 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 the benefits of God's presence, he wouldn't always have to show us his hand. Because you get to a certain space, God, if you just show up in this situation, if you just show up and let me know that you're still here, that'll be enough for me, God. But God is saying, listen, you haven't given me enough space to write anything on because I've got something to say. Listen to me. Anytime God, watch, watch this in the book of Genesis, when God engages with his creation, he speaks word to it. Listen to me. God ain't changed. He still wants to speak a word to his creation. So listen, nothing's being birthed in you and nothing's changing in you because you're not in a space where God can speak a word to you. Listen to me, when God stepped out into all that confusion, anything in the earshot of his voice had to change. So I'm dealing with this jacked up marriage, God, and I'm dealing with these bad kids, and I'm dealing with this job, and I'm all by myself, and I don't know what to do. God is saying, you haven't gotten to the apex where I'm presenting myself to you. We have to be more concerned with God's presence than his promise. So here's what I did because I love you. Y'all know I love y'all. I saved the shouting part for the end. Because what I want you to understand is that we have to learn to get caught up in God's presence. Moses says that this is a holy moment, and I don't want to leave it. Moses says, I noticed something about you, God, that I can't live without. I know that you can do anything. I know that you will do anything, but I don't want to do life without you. So Moses says, God, oh gosh, y'all, listen to me. They, they, Moses got to a point in his life where he said, Lord, I don't even want your promise if you ain't going. 
you can keep the promised land if your presence is not going to be with us because I can't do this by myself. I can't manage all this stuff by myself. I can't be the man that I have to be without you, God. So come, God. Let your presence be with me everywhere that I go. I cannot be the mother I got to be. I can't be the leader I got to be. God, I can't do without you. Oh, gosh, y'all. There has to be more to your relationship with God than a blessing. There has to be more. Because you won't be able to manage the blessing without him. Oh, gosh, y'all. His blessings are too big for you to manage by yourself. Listen, listen to this. Marriage is a God idea. Go back to the book of Genesis. And when people try to do marriage without God, it doesn't work. God blessed Adam with a, with a wife. It is a blessing. You can't handle a blessing that he produces without him. That is why so many marriages fall apart, because we want to do it without God. It's not that y'all don't truly love each other, but it's this thing between us. There is always something that you say or that you do or that I do or it happened, whatever. Listen to me. But if God is present... Listen to me. Not just present in me, but he's got to be present in you too. Okay, so let's get this last point. Watch this now. Y'all learning something? Point number four is the phrase blessed in his presence. In verse, uh, verse 6 and verse 7, God downloads into Moses, and he proclaims his name. And for me, what I saw is, is, is God preaching a, a sermon on, his, on who he was. He gave him the full spectrum of who he was. All he talked about was blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing and forgiveness and forgiveness and, you know, all this stuff. And then he gets to the end, he says, listen, and, and I'm going to hold you accountable for sin. He gives him a full spectrum of who he is. And then after Moses gets this revelation, he falls in worship. Watch this now. Then watch God's response. Verse 10. Then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you. What's a covenant? It's a promise. He says, I'm making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do wonders never, never done before in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Obey what I command you today, and I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Listen to me. God says, Moses, since you decided to position yourself under my presence for the rest of your life, I am going to bless you. Moses fell in worship and said, Lord, I don't want anything but your presence. And God says, listen, I like your mind, boy. And because I like the way that you're positioning yourself, I'm just going to freely bless you. 
but I like the kind of blessing that he said he was going to give them. He said, I'm going to bless you so that the people that's doing life with you are going to have to say, that is God. They're going to have to say that God did that because I'm going to bless you in such a way that's going to make them clearly under forget the fact that you're incapable of doing this and I had to do it through you. God says, I'm going to bless you, boy, and it's going to be awesome. God uses the word awesome. Moses says, God, I need your presence, and I can't live life without your presence. And forgive me right now for anything that I do or will do. God says, boy, I like your thinking. I'm going to bless you. The part that I enjoyed the most is that he goes through every enemy that he could potentially have or every challenge that he could potentially have once he, once he receives the promise. Oh, y'all didn't get that. He says, he says I'm going to drive out the, the Amorites, the, the, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and all these enemies that were enemies of the promise. He says, I'm going to drive out any potential issues with the promise because you positioned yourself for my presence. Oh, gosh, y'all. That's the blessing. It's not getting the promise. But he says, I'm going to work on your behalf anyway. So let me work and do my magic. I'm glad you show up because I wanted to bless you anyway. So, so, so can we get in the space that we can say more important than anything else, God, is your presence. Listen, Father, I'm willing to bow myself down and prostrate myself in honor of you. Nothing more is, is more important than your presence. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't need this stuff, but I need you. So, Father, just come and just fall because I got to have you. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Listen to me, y'all. Moses says, God, I don't want the promise without you. Listen, God, I don't want to build the house without you. I don't want to own the business without you. I don't want to start the church without you. I don't want to rear a family without you. I don't want to be on my job without you. I don't want to be in my car without you. God, I just need you. So God, show up in any fashion that you desire to show up because more important than anything I've got going on is you. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I got to have you in every moment of my day. God, have your way. God, I'm so tired of watching people experience your goodness. I'm so tired of standing at the doorstep of your presence and your glory. And God, I want to make my way into it. God, I just want you. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.